Hey everyone and welcome back to On This Sunday, a series where we're going to talk to world champions, European champions about what it was on that day that made them win the race. Today we're joined by uh, the 2012 BMX World Champion Quillen Isidore and he's going to tell us exactly how he won the BMX World Championships in Birmingham back in 2012. So Quillen, tell us about the day, what happened? Right, hey guys. Um, yeah, so this is going back, what, 11 years now, so... Um, Bit hazy. I was racing, um, I got there on the Monday uh, with the t talent team lot, so Jeremy Hayes at the time was my coach with British Cycling, and um, I remember all the week before and the week leading into the, the race, I was on my stretching. I never, ever, ever stretch. Um, back then, I do now. I never, <laughs> I never stretched, but I was like adamant of like stretching my hamstrings and quads because it will make me feel better. And then every day in the shower, I was doing hot and cold on my legs just to make make me uh, feel super fresh. Um, and the week leading into it, I had that mindset of every race I have to win. Motos, the three motos, the eighth, the quarter, the semi, and then the final. I said, I. To me, I was not winning the race without winning every single race. So I love that. I just love it. That was my uh, mindset going into that whole week and the, the weeks leading into it. Um, and I know I'd done some great prep. And I was racing a 43-16 on a massive start hill, um, a lot of spinning. And Jeremy had had me doing 80-meter sprints um, the week before on flat pedals. So I just knew I was like super efficient. Um, so the first practice of the week... Um, I basically ended up doing like three laps or four laps just because I just I was in such good shape I felt so fit and I just dialed it in almost straight away the track um and like from then I had a lot of uh people coming up to me yep Quillen's winning no one's touching Quillen you're going to be world champion so I was I was hearing that all week but I guess but there was some there was some problems with this because the track was tiny wasn't it it was yeah. inside the NIA mm -hmm. in Birmingham City Centre small little stadium yeah small little track you can be the fastest guy out there, but things happen on those time yeah, tracks. Yeah, of course. Um, so um, I just wanted lane one and to win it every <laughs> single every single lap, and then you, it's much easier to win it from Absolutely. there, isn't it? So I guess like the whole week, I was um, I knew I could win because I had um, a race early in the year where I'd won a European and a couple races where I actually beat pretty much everyone in Europe. I just hadn't raced anyone outside of Europe, but it was only really the Amer two Americans that were, um, I thought, super competitive. And it was the American at the time, Sean Gain. He was a world, ch he was the world champion. But like going into the um, into the week, I was just hyper focused all week. And I remember um, I only listened to one song all week, and I'd fall asleep with it. I'd have headphones going to bed, and I fall asleep with it. It was. Um, watched the throne album jay-z and kanye when it had just come out it was um new day yeah. and it was just a nice mellow song um I, I wasn't even listening to the lyrics um because i listened to the song the other day and i was thinking like did i actually listen to these lyrics <laughs> yeah. but it was just like a nice mellow song and i'd literally fall asleep to it so i, I kid you not i listened to that song easily over 200 times that week Brilliant. um and that was just the one thing that just like, kept me focused and within the week as well i was um i had a workshop that winter before with Jeremy and we had a talk from Steve Peters um, about the chimp mind management and uh, I had a little sheet to uh, go through and just like kind of track how I was feeling and keep me aligned with what I needed to do. Um, so I was like reading that all week as well. So 
as a 16 year old this is like pretty impressive stuff really yeah, to, yeah. To, to keep me really switched on do you want me to ask him about that, that sheet that he gave you yeah um, do you think it was the information in that sheet that was useful or was it useful actually just reading between no, races I, I just thought it was occupied. I can't even remember what was on the sheet no. I'd love to see yeah, it yeah, now yeah, but I think it was just useful to have something for me to engage in engage in so I'd this. literally and not think about that race coming up or whatever sit down read that warm up off I go come go. back walk, cool down sit down and read that again that's brilliant um, yeah. so yeah the day the day had come. It was a, a really really sunny day, and we racing indoors. Didn't bother me, but I was I was ready and I was just relaxed um, and I was really enjoying myself. The first motor came and it was like that was a really that was a flawless lap, really clean, good start, good first straight, and to the finish line. Um, and then the second motor came again, nice easy lap. I won it from lane six or something like that, and I had like the world number six or seven in my motors when it was uh, block block motors, and it stayed the same. Um, and then the third motor came about, and again with that mantra of you got to win every single lap to be the world champion, yeah, yeah. and that's what I was I was obsessed with that day, and leading into the weeks leading into the event. Um, third moto, I. Got cut up in the first corner and then um, I chased him down and made a move second corner into the into the third straight and then I won all, all three motors. So that was great. So then in the eighth, so we had three motors in an eighth before a four hour break um, to get to allow the elites to start racing. Then we joined back onto their program. So the eighth came about and then again, got to win every single race before to be the world champion. and. I whole shot to the first corner and then I got cut up by a Brazilian and then I got passed again by that Frenchman, the world number six who was in my motors and I was in third. Then I just like white lined the inside of the second straight <laughs> and took the move into the second corner and passed both of them. It was very risky like looking back at it, but I was so focused on winning every single lap. That was just, I only had one outcome and that was to win. So yeah, I won my last, I won my eight for my last race before the break. So then again, that four hour break, I went back to reading my, reading my little uh, script from Steve yeah, Peters. Yeah. And I then went up to watch the, um, went up to see Peckham, see my family that was in the, in the stands and then watched a couple of the uh, races. So then that's when I see like Liam crash um, yeah, into the first corner really bad. And then like, then the team area started getting a bit scattered and a bit like yeah, yeah. Um, all over the place because everyone was like making sure he was okay. And yeah. then it was like Grant looking after him, Marcus yeah. having to look after the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was just keeping myself to myself, me, Jez and Valerie Zebrakova, who ended up getting third that day yeah. in 15 girls. Um, so we was keeping ourselves to ourselves in our corner. But I just remember um, after that eighth, CK called me. He says, you can't, do, you can't let him have you do that on, that <laughs> on the inside on that first corner. Like, you need to step it up. And he said something about, um, about the European champs a few weeks before where I wasn't ready to win, but he's like, you're ready to win today, Quillen. Oh, wow. Um, so it's like, it was just, I don't know. Like, I wish I could, I wish I had someone filming me that day because I'd love to see... Um, what my face was like the whole time, like how I looked and how I was going about. But everything was just, from what I can remember, super relaxed, but very, very focused mm -hmm. and confident. So again- the, the perfect recipe. 
the the warm up area is in the car park, wasn't it? So I right. just remember you had to ride up a few like of the ramps to to get to where you need to go, and then um, the quarter. I was super nervous for that because it was I had gate two because mm-hmm. um, I I wasn't in the first eighth. I was in like the second or third. So I had gate two at the European Champion gate one, and um, and I had just been done a four hour break. Mm-hmm. So that lap. I ended up rubbish gate, but whole shot and won the lap, but I made so many mistakes. Um, but it was just like, well, Jer- me and Jeremy was like, yeah, that's just because you had a four hour break, you need to get back into it. Yeah. Um, then it starts getting a bit like dark outside and it's getting into the, the night the night, the night, night show, um, the evening part of the race. And um, I'm like, right, well, I'm in the semi-final, like, great. Like I, I wasn't really celebrating, but then I remember where they was posting the... Uh, the race sheets up, yep. and I went and I went and checked. That was the first time I checked all um, all day who was in my who right. was in my race. Yeah, yeah. And I saw I was in. I had picked one, and I saw my semi, and I thought I beat him. Okay, like I just knew it beat him. Yep. Got him. Not got anything to worry about. Just do what you do and like enjoy it. And then like that's when the crowd really started to come alive. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah. You you heard the roars. The introductions, and all that. the riders, yeah. all that starts now, doesn't um, it? Yeah. So then. Yeah, and I remember uh, before the semi, before like, you're, you're still in the car park um, waiting to be called in to go to your race and then you walk in and there's like a little um, little walk walkway in, onto the gate um, where it's like really dark, you can barely see your feet. Um, and then like you walk in a step behind the gate and it's just boom, yeah, lights yeah. everywhere. But I remember in the car park, I was chatting with Sean Gain, Chris Christensen, World 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And it was just like that, realization of the respect they was giving me yeah, yeah because i remembered six months earlier or five months earlier when i was racing in belgium at the indoor and i tried to speak to chris christensen the right. world number two the red bull athlete like yeah, yeah. who i idolized yeah watching on bmx videos was like giving me respect like right. what gate you going what you doing yeah, here yeah. and like this talking <laughs> and then they're asking about my and i, I vividly remember that bit they, they're asking about um what it's like growing up in South London and it was only this was in May I was racing it was only back in March I was when I was robbed at knife point right to, they tried oh, to steal no my bike um so I was robbed at knife point and I was telling them that and they couldn't believe it and stuff like that so these were the conversations I was having before my semi but anyway step onto gate one for my semi and the roar was like wow it was it was sick and then, like, I got such a good lap. That was probably my best overall lap yeah. out the whole day. And I remember hearing Scott, Scott Dick, yeah. commentate. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't speak about anyone else I bet but he didn't. me. I, I'm, it was I'm just myself. So. It was it. like, Quillen Isidore from Peckham, from South Peckham, London. Yes. <laughs> it was just drawn out. And it was just a flawless lap. And I'm, I, I killed everyone. I was well in front, like half a straight in front. And I remember, like, doing a little bunny up, bunny up across the line. And then like that um, instantly, like as I was I was buzzing, shook hands with everyone, went back to the team area. But as I was going back to the team area, I remember like always me, my little brother and my older brother, Tian and Taro, um, were always thinking and saying like, oh, what would you do if you won the world? Yeah, yeah. What would your celebration be? Sure. Would you fist yeah, pump? Would yeah. you do this? <laughs> like we always have these conversations. We all do. So like that was in the back of my mind. Um, in the back of my mind then but it's like great Jez like shook my hand but it's like we still got a job to do right um, so again it's that focus yeah, cool yeah. down warm up yeah. read my um, my 
Steve Peets, yeah. Steve Peters sheet, <laughs> and then like keep that focused, and then like everything was a bit of a blur, really. Like I can't really remember too much about it other than the the cheer that I got when I was in Gate One, and it was phenomenal. Like it it just gives me goosebumps, and um, you see my eyes in the video like just light up. Like wow, they're here for they're here for me, and I'll tell you one thing. I don't know why, but I ran my chain so... I was on a 4316. It was 180 cranks yeah. on my Stay Strong dialed bike frame, yes. which is a tiny back end. So the gear was right. tiny. Okay. But for some reason, I thought I need to have my chain loose so it's like feels even lighter. So I could literally pick my chain off my chain ring. No way. That's how loose it was. <laughs> that was just... A, I'll just throw that in there. There's nothing to do with the final. But um, I remember setting up and just like... I was just ready. I was ready to win. Like I wasn't the only like kind of comment I can say was when we stood up for the command um, before it was even pressed, Sean next to me um, went, woo. And that was it. Oh wow! And I was just like, I thought, why is he doing this? But then like it went straight back to, yeah, like, yeah. I'm just ready to win. Um, and yeah, got a great gate. My, my best gate of the day, but actually cold teaser in the, gate four or something like that he got an absolute flyer if he was in gate one he was whole shotting okay so that is how important that for gate one was um got a great gate first straight was my first straight and first and second straight was flawless 10 out of 10 like yeah. it was it was so fast um throughout the rest of the day those timers on that i would have smashed everything yeah, yeah. and that was just like the adrenaline and i knew when i pedaled out the first corner how fast i felt like i was going how perfect i got everything i just felt wow but still I was zoned in yeah. I was properly zoned in it was only after I came out the second corner I heard the roar yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I thought I'm winning the world championships <laughs> and I've got goosebumps thinking about it and it was like a manual on manual off the table right and I over manual the um manualing off yeah so then it like messed up my line where I was like men to jump into the next double and okay. whatnot and then I had to manual and then I was pumping <laughs> then I white lined the last corner just to make sure no one got um, in there. I don't know how I didn't slide out. Yeah. And then it's just like panic into the line. And then like the last straight was quite a steep step up yeah. into a roller, double roller. And I was jumping and jumping out. Um, but I was just like, Skimmed I was just it pumping it, like yeah. panicking, get to the line. And then I just like, I've got such a good photo of me bunny hopping and my head down, like celebrating over the line. Yeah. And that was what I done. When, when, what, what celebration would you do after the Worlds? Amazing. And that was it. I, uh, and any plans you may have had to celebrate goes out the window because your mind goes blank. You, oh, everyone just piles um, on you, screaming, clapping, everyone's jumping on you. It's wild, isn't it? It was incredible. And um, I couldn't believe it. And uh, I think you see it on the documentary, the, the One Way Up film that we, uh, as a club film that Peckham, and you like see me like jump up and down a bit and then like, you have to walk through the corridor like back up the stairs to get to where you need to go and damn why I think he ended up getting kicked out of the oh, arena because he, he jumped the fence and he jumped the fence I think did Trey come with him? I'm not sure but he jumped the fence he ran down the yeah, corridor yeah. and like jumped to me I fell Security over Security guards chasing him and we like yeah. couldn't believe it. it went crazy and then it's like Jez found Jez was like running to me as well he fell down the stairs and broke his camera oh, no way. Um, <laughs> then it's just that like celebration but then it was I couldn't really see anyone I had to go straight away to the awards ceremony yeah. where I watched the rest of the racing and then it was like it took an hour for the ceremony to close and then it was like I went back to the team area and then yeah. I'm getting I had so many messages 
And that's when Instagram wasn't a thing and exactly. it was Facebook, it was just text. Was everything like yeah, text, yeah. Facebook messages are coming through. Yeah. Um, and then I took so long, my dad actually, my dad actually got annoyed, says, hurry up, you're taking too long. <laughs> come on, champ. So then I come back and then, yeah, I was, just couldn't believe it. I went, yeah. I went, we went back. When, to, when did it settle in? When um, did it actually hit oh, you? You'd won. So that night went back, I got fish and chips. Nice. Had some lemonade to celebrate at my dad's <laughs> hotel. And then I was staying at, I stayed at my, um, my auntie and uncle's house right. who live in Birmingham yeah. who came to watch as well and uh, my mum videoed it and I was so gutted I, I was I was trying to pay big money to get this disc sorted that it was then very very small disc right um, and uh, it she filmed it and my mum was right in the middle of Peckham so you saw everyone going crazy no like way. especially Dan White like he that's you see him jump the fence yeah. to come run to me right um but it's broken now and I can't see it. And oh, that was no like, way. I cherish that so much, but it's gone now. Um, but my mum filmed in this camera and I yeah. literally stayed up till four in the morning watching that race. Repeat. On repeat. repeat. I, repeat. I watched it hundreds of times that night. <laughs> I could not believe it. Um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't feel real. The only, the only um, I guess when I went back to school, like yes, I, I, I had a little back. bit of respect from sure. my teachers and stuff, but when it's like you got world champion as a status, it's like wow, okay, that's massive. And then, yeah, yeah. and then I just remember a few weeks later, I went back into the gym, and uh, I just went, I don't want to be him. I've won the world title, like, and I just done walked out. Right, thought, yeah. I'm like, I'm just gonna cherish it a bit and yeah, chill. Yeah. I had no motivation. I was just like, I won the biggest race that I could win. Yeah. Um, and that, and that, and the rest was history fair play great story fantastic yeah. thanks for sharing it with us uh, that's why we're trying to do more of these to make sure they are on record yeah, yeah. and they stay around for future generations these are just there to inspire people on the way to the track and I reckon that's probably done that for a few people so yeah. thanks for your time Quillen really appreciate it and uh, we'll see you guys next time A huge thank you to today's guest, Quillen Isidore, for sharing his story of how he won the 2012 BMX World Championships in Birmingham, UK. An inspiring story that just shows if you focus on the right things, you can win anything. If you like the series, please like and subscribe, share it amongst your friends and spread the word so others can be inspired by these phenomenal athletes telling their story of how they won major championship titles. Till next time, see you soon.